Hi, I'm Steve Sandy, and you're listening to Episode 10 of Tangible Tech. As you well know, if you've listened to the podcast before, the focus of Tangible Tech is to, well, not only look at trends in science and technology, but also to find wonder in the everyday technology that surrounds us. On today's episode, I'm going to do a little time travel from my youth in the 1960s to my early years now as a senior citizen in the 2010s. This time travel has something to do with with, uh, something we see every night. Streetlights. I know, you're probably saying, what the heck is so exciting about streetlights? But hear me out. You see, I've marked changes in my life by the type of streetlights that have been installed on our streets here in the USA. Now, streetlights still aren't installed everywhere, but there has been a tradition to install them in city and suburban neighborhoods because they help prevent accidents and otherwise increase safety. Now, darkness causes a lot of car crashes and fatalities, especially when drivers don't see pedestrians and run them down. Well, for the past 50 years or so, it's been demonstrated that installing streetlights reduced automobile pedestrian accidents by 50%, and that lighted intersections and interchanges have fewer crashes as well. Crime tends to be reduced in well-lit areas as criminals like to use darkness to their advantage. Street lighting has its downsides as well, though. Driving through brightly brightly lit areas into darkness causes the less of night vision, which can cause drivers to miss seeing obstacles. In addition, oncoming headlights are much more visible against a black background than one in that is lit, so having well-lit streets can sometimes lead people to not notice oncoming vehicles. Astronomers, both the professional and amateur varieties, suffer from the effects of light pollution when streetlights make it hard to see the night sky. A lot of streetlights tend to point light at the sides and even upwards instead of focusing it straight down on the streets where it's needed. And last, every one of those lights tends to use electricity for power. It's estimated that there are 300 million or more streetlights installed around the world, and that burns a tremendous amount of power. Streetlights have been around for a long time, with candlelight being used in the ancient Greek city of Antioch as far back as the 4th century BCE. Later, oil and gas lamps were used, and kerosene lamps appeared in 1853 in Austria. Electric arc lights were invented in 1875, and the city of Los Angeles actually installed four of these lights in 1876. That was probably considered a modern miracle. The first type of street lighting I remember was incandescent lighting. Now, this uses the common incandescent light bulb. These are the bulbs that we still use in many of our homes, although they're being replaced by LED lighting now. These lights had a very nice, although somewhat dim, warm glow. 
They had some issues since it was necessary to change them out quite often, and the bulbs were a great target for young kids with slingshots and BB guns. Since they weren't all that bright, uh, the lights that is, not the kids, the next move was to high-intensity discharge lamps, in particular mercury vapor lights. Now these are what I grew up with. You know, especially on those long summer evenings when we were kids would be out in the neighborhood playing, I remember the flickering sto uh, slow startup of these mercury vapor lights after sunset as kind of a warning to start heading home. Most of these lamps had a light bluish-greenish tint to them, and they were attractive for uh, cities and utility companies for many reasons. They had a long bulb lifetime and they were more energy efficient than incandescent or fluorescent lights. Some of my more vivid memories of my childhood involved flying into cities at night and seeing that bluish glow everywhere. It was like thousands of bluish stars gl uh, glowing down on the ground below. Well, sadly, mercury vapor lamps had some issues, like having toxic mercury in them and also having a tendency to emit a lot of ultraviolet radiation if the bulb was damaged. This, as well as the arrival of even more efficient lighting, spelled the doom of mercury vapor lamps. What replaced those mercury vapor lamps in many places? High-pressure sodium lamps. Now these are still around quite a bit and they're recognizable by their somewhat orangish glow. In fact, that glow was what first made me aware that the change from mercury vapor to high-pressure sodium lamps was taking place. Once again, I was flying into a city at night, I think it was Los Angeles at that point, in the early 1980s, and I realized that a good portion of the lights in parts of the city no longer had that familiar bluish glow. It was replaced with this orangish glow. Now, these lights were pleasing to astronomers because they could more easily filter out the specific wavelengths of light that were being emitted by high-pressure sodium lamps. They were also even more efficient than the mercury vapor lamps, and of course they didn't have the toxicity issues of those lamps. In many cities, high-pressure sodium lights are really the primary source of street lighting, even today. Now, the one thing you'll notice in most cities and towns these days is that street lighting is really a mixture of all sorts of lamp types. You'll still see mercury vapor lights with their distinctive bluish glow. Uh, some places are still using incandescent lighting, especially on you know some of these more oh, what do we want to call them? Historical-looking uh, lampposts. You know, other places you'll see the intense orange color of low-pressure sodium lights and that less orangey light of the high-pressure sodium. And even, especially on highways on top of what are called high masts, you'll see metal halide lamps that produce a whiter light. Many locations, though, have begun to use very efficient and very white LED lamps. Now, like the LEDs used in homes, these LED street lamps can produce a bright white light while using a fraction of the electricity required to power some of the other lamp types. LED bulbs usually have a much longer lifetime as well, which drives down maintenance costs. 
Now, my father, who died earlier this year of heart issues and who had some cognitive issues during the last two or three years of his life, he even noticed the change in our local neighborhood when a number of mercury vapor lamps that were lighting major streets were swapped out for LED lamps. We were driving down the road one night, and he asked, what kind of street lights are those? prompting me to tell him about the switch to LED lighting. Well, now you know a lot about the history of streetlights, how lighting technology has changed in the last 50 years or so, so you can use this information to amaze or confuse your friends the next time you're out at night. Now, if they're fascinated by your wealth of knowledge, be sure to point them in the direction of the Tangible Tech Podcast. We're available on anchor.fm. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Podbean, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Make sure that they also head over to the Tangible Tech website for occasional updates and stories about tech and science. Until the next time, this is Steve Sandy for Tangible Tech. Have a great holiday.